The Daily 202 is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, January 28th. In today's news, 20,000 people attend Kamala Harris's kickoff rally in Oakland. Roger Stone does not rule out cooperating with the special counsel. And Venezuela's self-proclaimed president tells The Post he's in talks with the military about ousting Nicolas Maduro. But first, the big idea. President Trump is again considering declaring a national emergency at the southern border in order to get wall funding after he agreed to end the shutdown without any of his demands being met. White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney said on Fox News Sunday that the president will build the wall, quote, either with or without Congress. Inside the West Wing over the weekend, Trump told advisors that declaring a national emergency may be his best option as he scrambles to assert himself with divided government. One White House official tells my colleague Bob Costa that Trump's decision to reopen the government is clearing the deck for executive action, that it's not a retreat. Another longtime confidant says Trump has grown increasingly frustrated by news coverage of his concession to Democrats and has been encouraged by conservative allies to escalate the fight. A bipartisan committee of House and Senate lawmakers has been set up to consider border spending as part of a potentially larger immigration deal, perhaps to protect the dreamers. In an interview with the Wall Street Journal on Sunday, Trump said he thinks that group's chances of success are, quote, less than 50-50 although he said there are a lot of very good people on it. Several White House officials said privately Sunday that Trump has argued that a national emergency declaration in the coming weeks might pressure Congress to include wall funding as part of a broader package, and it would also signal to the GOP's core voters that he's going to the mat to follow through on his biggest campaign pledge. The White House Counsel's Office, led by Pat Cipollone, has prepared drafts of declarations, and Trump spent much of Thursday night reviewing them in the White House residence as he watched TV coverage of the shutdown. In the end, the president backed off on Friday after being briefed by aides on mounting anxiety among Republican lawmakers over the shutdown, as well as federal flight delays. Trump was wary of the prospect of both a shutdown showdown and court challenges over emergency powers unfolding at the same time. While most federal employees will get back to work today, It could take months to sort through the backlog created by the longest shutdown in U.S. history, and many civil servants say they're still anxious. They won't see the back pay they're owed until later this week. Unlike the 800,000 federal career employees who have been promised full back pay, government contractors who number in the millions have no legal claim to the five weeks of lost wages. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one. Kamala Harris formally launched her presidential campaign Sunday afternoon with a massive rally in her hometown of Oakland. The California Democratic senator spoke to about 20,000 people, according to fire marshal estimates. They flooded a downtown square around City Hall and spread into surrounding streets. Her 35-minute speech was blunt. She framed her campaign as a response to Trump, highlighting how he has divided the country and attempting to make the case that she would unite it. She mocked Trump's foreign policy She ridiculed his immigration stance. In implicit rebukes to a president known for falsehoods, she repeatedly said she would be an honest broker. Harris also infused her speech with her biography, the daughter of a mother who emigrated from India and a father who emigrated from Jamaica. 
She spoke on a stage nine miles from where she went to elementary school just after busing was instituted to increase integration. Meanwhile, former Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz told 60 Minutes in a segment that aired Sunday night that he is seriously thinking of running for president as a centrist independent, stoking Democratic fears that a credible third-party candidate, especially a billionaire willing to self-fund, could inadvertently help re-elect Trump. Number two, Roger Stone dodged a question about whether he would consider cooperating with Bob Mueller after his indictment. He said on ABC's This Week that it's a question we'll have to determine the answer to after his attorneys have had discussions with the special counsel. He said, quote, if there's wrongdoing by other people on the campaign that I don't know about, which I know of none, but if there is, I would certainly testify honestly. Stone added that he would also testify honestly about his communications with the president, but he denied categorically that they spoke about Russia or Mueller's investigation during or after the 2016 campaign. On Saturday night, Trump tried to distance himself from Stone, tweeting that his friend and longtime confidant didn't work for him anywhere close to the election. Number three, the Venezuelan opposition is in talks with sympathetic military and civilian officials in a bid to force out President Nicolas Maduro. That's according to the self-proclaimed interim president, Juan Guaido, who spoke with Washington Post reporters yesterday in Caracas. Backed by the United States and a host of Latin American countries, Guaido said the opposition will test the socialist government by bringing in food aid to ease a crippling humanitarian crisis. In the capital, Maduro's top brass and defense minister have sworn their allegiance to him publicly. Maduro was elected to a second six-year term last year, but the vote was widely derided as fraudulent. Virtually unknown outside of Venezuela before this month, Guaido is a 35-year-old industrial engineer. He told the Post that talks with the military are proceeding behind the scenes. He also hailed a move on Saturday by Maduro's former military attache in Washington to switch allegiance to Guaido. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, January 28th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.